0: We are in 2 Corinthians uh, Corinthians chapter 10, so turn there, we're going to start in verse 13, and we're going to finish out the chapter, pretty soon we'll be closing down 2 Corinthians and moving on, that's awesome. We might uh, take an easy book like Jude (laughs) for, for a snack. Before we get into the next, praise God. All right. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 30, or Second John. 2 Corinthians 10, look at verse 13. Let's read. We, however, will not boast beyond our measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. For we do not overextend ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you. For it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere, to preach the gospel in regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. Let's pray over our spiritual meal. Father, we thank you so much for the word of God that's filled with nourishment. We're going to open our heart, receive it by faith, and appropriate it. Holy Spirit, again, we call upon you as the divine teacher to anoint the eyes, ears, and heart of each person here, open them by the gift of your grace, and cause them to see, hear, and understand what's being said. Father, I thank you that you cause your children to walk away hearing from you exactly what they need. Only you can do this miracle, I believe it's happening right now, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go to verse 13 start unpacking this. Verse 13 says, We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God has appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. In this chapter, uh, chapter 10, Paul's really going to start talking to the false teachers and really talking to the congregation that's been deluded or deceived by the false teachers. And so there's false teachers that came in after Paul left this church he went on to another church, but while he was gone, false teachers infiltrated this church and they came with letters, specifically written from Peter and John, and said, You know, these were the teachers ordained and specifically the only ones that uh, were specifically called and anointed to be the messengers from Jerusalem, and they lied. It was fake, forged letters. They came bragging about who they were, what they had been doing, who they knew. And basically the Corinthians believed them and had been buying into the false doctrine that they've been teaching and had been robbing them, and not only financial, but just in doctrines, teaching there wasn't a resurrection. And so false doctrines like that had creeped into the church. And so Paul's going to address these false teachers straight on, and he's going to talk about their ministry versus his ministry, how are they different. And so he's going to bring this out in verse 13, he says, we will not boast, they boast, it's just a Greek word that means to brag, to boast. Someone that, that likes to talk about who they know, where they've been, what they've done. Have you ever met someone like that? Amen. And so it says, we will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which is, especially you, why is he bring this out? That he's going to bring out, there's a measure that every believer and minister is supposed to stay within. And so we're going to bring out that you're not called to everyone, to to, uh, you, to anyone and everyone, but you have a specific area, group of people you're called to, and then you're graced and anointed for it. And so Paul's going to bring it out that his sphere included them. He founded this church. And so he's going to bring out that false teachers had gone into another man's labors, Paul's, and was taking credit for it. And was started ministering in there and was sowing crosswise to what Paul had sown into. And he's trying to bring out that they had no right, no, no legal uh, uh, right or, or for God-ordained reason for being there. But they were interlopers. And so it says, we, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits. Say limits. You know, some people don't like to stay in their limit, the limits that God's given them, called boundaries. And so God has created boundaries or limits that each one of us to walk in. And sometimes we try to to get out of our limit or out of our boundary. Raise your hand if you're a parent. Have your kids ever liked to to, uh, test out boundaries (laughs) and find them as mere suggestions (laughs) or obstacles to get around? And so many Christians are like that. And so... And, if, and sometimes we may examine our life. Sometimes it's so easy to get out of a lane, you don't even realize I've been out of my lane. And I didn't do it on purpose. Most of the time we do that. But we're gonna find out what are some ways we can tell we're out of our lane. And so tell someone, stay in your lane. In your lane. <laughs> the idea of the limits of the sphere God's given alludes to the lanes of a race. And so these Corinthians had the Olympic races, the Isthmian Games and one of the major things they love is races and they would have lanes to be in just like our races our olympics have you have lanes to be in and so if you get out of your lane then you get disqualified and so paul's lane what was paul's lane who is he called to he's called to the gentiles and he says you know what in in seeking the out to minister to the gentiles you lay right in the path you're right in my lane god led me right to you bumped right into you where he called us to be and we ministered to you. We started that church at Corinth. And Paul says, you are directly in the path God assigned him. But now others were coming into his lane and trying to minister and actually harming what the work of God that had been done. And they were taking credit for what Paul had done. And so let me say something. God has created everything. Say everything. everything. He's created everything with boundaries. We, there's boundaries throughout life. And so we have a boundary between land and ocean. We have a boundary between sky and earth. We see that in Genesis chapter 1 where he establishes boundaries. There's boundaries of nations, boundaries of cities. There's boundaries of personal land and property. You know, God honors personal property, personal land. And so there's there's, uh, actual boundaries. You know, in the area of your own self, there's personal boundaries. There's space boundaries. You know how sometimes I don't like how someone comes up and talks to you right face-to-face. And you go back up a little bit and they'll walk right in. And you're like, okay, a little space. Back, tell someone back off. <laughs> now, ladies, that's fine. You ladies love to get face, nose-to-nose, and talk, 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 If two guys get nose-to-nose, they're about to throw down. Where's he going? A little space. But in the spiritual realm, we think, well, in the spirit realm, it's just all open. You know, I'm called to everyone. I'm God's gift to the body of Christ. My gift will work anywhere, everywhere. And actually, that's not the case. And so you are to stay in your lane. God's given you an appointment, and you have an anointment for the appointment. Tell someone you have anointment for the appointment. But your gift and grace and anointing doesn't work everywhere to anyone. Well, yes, it does, Pat. No, it doesn't. You could be in a, in a ministry and you think, well, I don't like being here. So I'm going to leave. I'm just going to go. I'm going to pick, you know, a place I want to go and sort sunnier sunnier, or nicer. I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to start a ministry and it's just going to prosper like it has in the past. Well, no, no, it doesn't work that way. Now, why are you prospering? Because you're in the place God called you and assigned you, and your grace is effective there. Your anointing's effective there. You get out of that place, you're going to be a fish out of water. You're going to be a bird out of the sky. And so, well, Rick, prove to me. Okay, let's use Scripture. Let's look at the Word of God. Let's find out that your anointing, your anointing goes with a calling, and, it's, and it's, there's a limit to it. There's a group of people you're called to minister to, and so look at Galatians chapter 2, look at verse 7. This is the ordination, Paul's ordination service, where God called him to go to Jerusalem and present his ministry to the bigwigs and the pillars that were in Jerusalem. And he was ordained that day. I want you to see what happened in Galatians 2. Look at verse 7. It says, but on the contrary, when they, that's Peter, James, and John, and the leaders of Jerusalem, saw the gospel for the uncircumcised, that's the Gentiles... The gospel to the who? To the Gentiles had been committed to me. Who gave him that? The Lord. The Lord Jesus gave him that commission. And it was to who? To the uncircumcised, to the Greeks, to the Gentiles. And it says, as the gospel for the circumcised, that's the Jews, to Peter. Who was called to the Jews? Peter. Who gave him that? God. God. And so I want to bring this out that Paul even had a problem staying within his lane. There was times in his ministry he wanted to minister to the Jews more than anybody. It was the who, the Jews were on his passion so much. He was I'd rather go to hell than see the Jews lost. He had such a passion to minister to them, and he would try to. Matter of fact, right after he got saved, uh, and he came back from Damascus, he was in the temple. And he was early in his ministry and he was praying one day in the temple and the and the Lord appeared to him. Jesus appeared to him and said, Get out of here. Leave Jerusalem. Your ministry is not accepted here. It's not workful. It's not fruitful. Leave. It will not be accepted and get out of Jerusalem. You don't belong here. He leaves and goes goes where? Well, he travels and, and God says, Go to the Gentiles. Where does he go? To the Jews. Everywhere you go, you find him, he'll enter the synagogue and try to minister to the Jews. And end up getting into arguments with them. And all he does is makes them mad. And then in one place he actually had a rock concert. And he was on stage. And he would say, if anyone can minister to these Jews and get to these Jews, it's me. I went to cemeteries. I have degrees, I'm, I'm a legal, I know the law, I know all the ins and outs and I can minister to these Jews. But you know what? It wouldn't work. There was no fruit, very little fruit, if all. And then he'd end up getting kicked out of town, create a mob, and then he could say, fine, I'm going to the Gentiles. He'd go, the Gentiles, and revival would break out. The Gentiles loved the message of grace. The religious people didn't. They thought they earned everything. And so the the, 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 the Gentiles says, oh, I love grace, you mean that? God doesn't move based on my performance and, and I haven't done it all right and I can be in the in group, that I can be right with God and just simply as a gift, hey, sign me up. Amen. And there would be miracle signs and wonders. But when he would try to go to the Jews, he'd get kicked out. He'd go to the Gentiles. And when he'd get to the Gentiles, he says, okay, let's talk about Moses and the law. And they looked at him and said, who's Moses? Oh, well, like Abraham. Well, who's Abraham? They didn't know anything about the old. They were, they, were, they were rednecks. They were untrained. They didn't know anything. And they said, well, I don't know who you're talking about. So he said, you know what? He only had one message left to him. Jesus Christ was God's son. He became a man, lived on the earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose again from the dead, and his spirit's here to heal you, deliver you, and create power if you believe. Signs, miracles, and wonders would take place among the Gentiles. Well, then Paul says, you know, well, if I'm not picked, what super-duper do you got? You have to really get someone better than me that can reach the Jews. Who is it? And Paul says, look over the fence. I looked over and saw Peter. Peter? The ignorant fisherman? He's never been to cemetery? Yeah, Peter. Because Peter would go to the Jews, and, they, and the Jews would ask him a, a, a deep theological question out of the law. And Peter would shrug his shoulders. I haven't been to cemetery. I don't know. Ask him. No, I don't know. One thing I do know is Jesus Christ was God's son. He lived a perfect life on earth. He died on the cross. Rose again from the dead. His spirit's here to do miracles, signs, and wonders among you. If you'll just believe, and miracles, signs, and wonders would flow through him. But they. But I want you to see something here. Look at verse eight. For he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship of the circumcision also worked effectively in me towards the Gentiles. When he tried to get out of his lane, it wasn't effective. He wasn't fruitful. He'd go to the Gentiles, fruit, 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 everywhere he would go. And so, guys, you have a gift for your place that God's called you to function, and it's going to operate there. And so it's important that you know what it is. I'm gonna, just raise your hand if you think, you know what, I know my lane. I know what God's called me to do. That's awesome. There's some that don't. There's some that don't. And so I want you to see something here that we need to find out what is our lane and that we need to stay within the lane. And he says this this was appointed by God. No one but Jesus is allowed to be over all God's people and kingdom. Only Jesus is allowed to be over all God's people, over all his kingdom. Do you know that the largest church in the world has 800,000 members? But there's 7 billion people on the planet. This means the pastor of the largest church only oversees 0.0001% of the population. We have a lane. We have a spot. We have a segment. Well, pastor, I heard that he called us into all the world to go preach the gospel. Yeah, but that was to the church. That's the mandate to the church. But you are a member of the church. You have a segment of it. What part of the world are you called to? And that's where it's going to work what's your lane what is your specific assignment well pastor I just don't know what my lane is I don't know I can't tell you what my specific assignment is well it's come to this let's pray pray you should you should know why you're on this planet you should know why am I on this planet a lot of people you know they're just they're just they're just standing on the premises instead of standing on the promises they're just taking up. You know what they do? If they, they picked an occupation where, where they could just make some money and try to get foods to eat. And you, so the, so they, they go to work, and they work, they work in a job they hate. There's no life to it. And they earn money to eat so they have strength to go to work the next day. So they can rest and rest up and go to a job they hate. There's no future. To earn money to be able to eat be able to go to a job that you hate and the whole goal at the end is to retire and sit on the beach and do nothing that is not the american dream that's the christian nightmare you're called for something there's a purpose that you're here there's a design for your life and god wants you to have and you're gonna be frustrated if you can't find why am i on this planet god what is my assignment what am i supposed to do he wants you to know more than you want to know god's ability to lead you is far greater than your ability to follow him I mean, if you want his will, he's going to make it plain to you. If he can, under, if he can get through to a bird how, that migrates thousands of miles and, and, and shows how to get back to the place it was born, a salmon, a fish, <laughs> is born in a tributary, and it goes out through all the tributaries out to the ocean, and all of a sudden within it says, I need to go back. So it goes back and finds in every little fork of the tributaries and right back to the very place it was spawned. If God can get a bird and a fish where it's going, he can get you. If you're not being effective and fruitful where you are, you might be in the wrong field. You might be out of your assigned or designed lane. You might be out of the wrong geographical territory. You might be out of time, out of the, the time, the, the appointed time that God's given. You might be early trying to do, trying to hurry up the plan of God. You ever trying to help the plan of God out? and you get an ishmael or an ishmaelady it's not good i'd rather be a little bit behind god than be in front of god i'd rather be a little bit behind the huge wave than in front of the huge wave. because you're about to get spit out and so again are we in our lane a sphere which especially includes you Paul founded the church at Corinth it was right in the area God called him to and so uh, I have authority in the area God's called me God called us to launch this church we started with two people out of reluctant Bible study long story but and, and so this is something God called us to do And so we ha- I have authority in this church I can't go down the street to the other church and tell that pastor what to do or try to get in there and tell him how to minister. No, I, this is my area of grace. Well, I can just go pastor any church. I can leave here and just start any church and work. No, it won't. I mean, we fit. We're, we're like that. God's ordained we be together. And if you don't know that, then pray for me. Okay, there's some things I want you to take home today. They're simple things, but they're profound. Write them down. There's going to be three of them. This is number one. Very important principle that's going to help you in life. Don't go when God says no. Let me repeat it. Don't go when God says no. Has ever the Lord ever told you no? There's a reason for it. Look in Acts 16, look at verse 6. There are some places you're not supposed to go. Well, I can just go anywhere and be free. No, no. No, no. Acts 16, look at verse 6. This is the second missionary journey for uh, Paul. He's traveling, going into all the world, preaching the gospel. Acts 16, look at verse 6. Now when they had gone through Phrygia, it was a very cold area. It's fr- called Phrygia. Sometimes God calls you to uncomfortable places. Phrygia was here. So now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, that was to the north. They went tried to go north. They visited the places they visited on the first journey, and then they after get done with that, they went north to see if they would minister there. And and so they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Forbidden by who? Holy the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Pastor, I'm called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. How could, how could I be forbidden of the Holy Spirit to preach in that area? Because the word, that commission is given to the entire church. You have a specific calling, a specific place to be. And so right there, right there, he, the Holy Spirit forbid him and said, no, you're not going to preach in Asia right now. Look at verse seven. They can't go. They can't go uh, north. I'm sorry. I'm Asia was south, but uh, look at verse seven. Then they're going to try to go north. Asia was south, but now verse seven, they're going to try to go north. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, which was up north, but the Spirit did not permit them. Who did that? Who didn't permit them? The Spirit to preach the gospel. Well, we're going to find out the first no, we're going to find out when the Lord gives you a no, there's a reason. Well, the reason he said no to Asia, because that was a no, not yet. He was going to go there on his third missionary journey, and the door wasn't ripe yet. The people weren't ready yet. He wasn't ready yet. The situation was, God needs to set some things up before you come on the scene. Tell someone, let, let God set it up. You know, football season's starting again. Yes, the Cowboys looked as worse as they ever did. Praise God. <sighs> anyway. You know the best running backs, the most effective running backs, aren't the ones that always are using their speed. Because guess what you, what you have in front of those running backs is called Bubba's. 330, 350-pound Bubba's. They're slow. No. Slower. <laughs> and you, ca- you have a run play, and, and some of them have to, have to pull, and, and they try to get out in front of you. Now, an unwise running back, he just takes off because he can run faster, but guess what? He has no blockers. Right. He gets tackled. The, the best running backs are the ones that have patience that will wait for it to be set up and for the hole to open, for the door to open, and then they go, boom, and they hit it. We need to be like that. Let God set it up. Sometimes we're out of timing. And so that was a no, not yet. But, but Bithynia was a no, not ever. He never was called to go. there. never did go to there. Matter of fact, that was Peter's place. Well, how do you know that? Because 1 Peter, 2 Peter was written to those saints in Bithynia. That was another man. That was never his field. And so sometimes we look greener on the other side of the field. I wish I had that ministry over there. And they're looking over at you. Well, I wish I had your ministry. No, you need to be settled with what God's called you to do. And and, and that's where the fruit's going to be. Asia was no, not yet. But then he was no, not ever. It's easy to get out of the lane because Paul did it. He even did it later on trying to go to Jerusalem. What 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 did God say to him the last time he was in Jerusalem? Get out of Jerusalem, and was not going to work. It's not going to be. But guess what? He thinks he's got a better idea now. Well, let's try try it now. Let's go back. So he goes to go back, and all the way there, don't go, don't go, don't go, don't go, Paul, don't go, don't go, and even the even says those spoke. They spake by the Spirit. Don't go. And Paul got religious. He got in the flesh, and your flesh. You'll go back to the area of the flesh you were before you were saved. Paul was not a ranked sinner. He was the best religious person on the planet. Right. When he got religious, it looked noble. And so when, 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 the, when the, 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 they, they, by the Spirit, said, Paul, don't go, he says, why are you breaking my heart? I'm not only willing to go to Jerusalem, but willing to die for the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something about relig- when you get religious. You offer to God what he didn't ask from you. <laughs> That's the word right you... You, you're trying to give to God what he didn't ask for. He didn't ask for him to go die in Jerusalem. Jesus, someone already did die in Jerusalem. He's supposed to go carry the message of that death. And so he gets caught in the temple. He tries to preach the gospel. He didn't even get that out. He didn't even talk about Jesus, God's son, died on the cross, rose again from the dead. He was giving his personal testimony and he got as far as God sent me to the Gentiles and they tried to kill him put chains on him, and he got on a boat. Do you know the book of Romans was written right before he went to Jerusalem? He wrote the book of Romans and got out of the will of God right after. And in the book of Romans it says, I feel like I'm supposed to go to Rome. Well, he got there. All expense paid voyage in chains. Look at verse 14. For we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you. For it was you that we came with the gospel of Christ. False teachers had come to Corinth after Paul and overextended themselves into an area they did not belong. Overextend. It's easy to do, guys. We can end up doing that, overextending ourselves beyond where we're supposed to be. Some have just a problem with boundaries and staying within them. They have a pattern of this. They cause problems wherever they go because they're always, they're always extending themselves above, over where they're supposed to be. They see boundaries as a suggestion or an obstacle or a hurdle. Here's the second point. Write it down. First one was, don't, don't go when the Lord says, okay, okay, here's the second one. This is going to help you guys. If you'll, if you'll incorporate this in your life in ministry, this will help you. Don't go where you're not invited. Write it down. Don't go where you're not invited. That's going to help you. We have we have uh, conferences up at So I've been in. I've been in the and I actually been a speaker, like in campus days or whatever. And and so the green room was supposed to be for the campus for the for the conference speakers. Every single time, every time. You have a conference in the green room. There's people that try to get into the green room that weren't invited. And you're like, who's that dude? I don't know. He's enjoying the food and talking. You're like, I don't know who he is. Just invited himself in. Pride. Pride. Don't go where you're not invited. We are to stretch our faith, but don't overstretch it by trying to use your faith Or gift in areas outside your assignment. Say that again. We're to stretch our faith, but don't overstretch it by trying to use it in an area that's not your assignment. And he says, as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was to you we came with the gospel of Christ. Paul established the church at Corinth. What's an apostle? An apostle goes and establishes a new work where there was none. They're pioneers. They start new works. They're anointed for that. So they'll start a new work, they'll raise up leadership, and then the grace lifts to be there, and then they get a call to go start something else. You're going to be frustrated if you have pioneering grace and you're trying just to maintain. Or or you have a maintaining grace and you're trying to pioneer. We all have our our part to play some like to come and try to take over where a work already exists they're too lazy to build something themselves he said again, they're too lazy to build something themselves tell someone don't be lazy, tell someone else wake up verse 15 not boasting of things beyond measure that is in other men's labors but having hope that as your faith is increased we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere say in our sphere in our sphere sphere. boasting he loves it paul's using that word basically saying you know what you won't listen to anybody except they brag about themselves you really won't even listen to anybody unless they come talking big Okay, well, since you're not listening, I'm going to talk about my accomplishments. I'm going to talk about what God's done through me. In the next few chapters, he's going to talk about one thing after another that God's done through him that pales in comparison to anybody else. He says, but you forced me to it. I'm a fool to do it. But if that's all you're going to listen to, okay, I'll get in the fool. I'll become a fool and start bragging. The false teachers were boasting in the things beyond their assigned area by God. And they were boasting in other men's labors. You know, every minister carries a DNA, a DNA, a ministry. And, and, and if you're going to be in ministry, and you are in ministry, so, so as a minister, you'll want the DNA of Jesus as much as possible. Now, in your spirit, you have the DNA of Jesus. It's, it's chromosome for chromosome. It's your perfect in your image, on the inside, in your spirit. I'm talking about in your ministry and how you conduct your ministry. You need to have the kingdom DNA the DNA of Jesus. what was Jesus DNA serving he came to serve not to be served but that's not the DNA of a lot of ministry and a lot of ministers their DNA is a taker you serve me it's what I get from you that's the false teachers they were they were getting uh, their finances they were getting their acclaim they were getting their self-worth they were getting uh, their open doors and connections with the people they knew so they could take more and a lot of ministers are in it for them. That was true in Paul's day. That was true on Paul's ministry staff. Well, how, where do you get that? Okay, Philippians. He said, I was seeking someone on my team to send to you that had my heart. And I couldn't find any of them. Every single one of them had their own ambitions to be in the ministry. Except for one. Timothy who served as a son with a father he caught the DNA See there's many teachers in the body of Christ that impart information, but fathers impart DNA. There's not many fathers The false teachers had a completely different DNA than Paul did But having hope that as your faith is increased we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. What does that mean? Is that, that means as, as the church matured and needed him less, he would be able to be free to go on to another area, and they would launch him into other areas further beyond them. That they would provide financially for him. They would bring team members that were matured up that could go with him and, and launch out into the neighborhoods and the areas and the, the suburbs and the areas of, of, of Corinth and be able to reach out, go beyond them, And be greatly enlarged in our sphere. See, God has a sphere for you, but he wants it to grow. He has an assignment for you, but he wants it enlarged. But if you're not faithful in the little, he can't commit to you the much. And most Christians don't even know, have a foggy idea what they're assigned to do. How can he enlarge you in an area that you're not even doing? You don't even know about it. He wants to bless you. And he'll, bless, he'll heal you when you need healing. He's going to provide for your rent. He will. Yeah. He loves you. He's just, but that's daily maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who wants the super abundant life? Yes. Oh, yeah. That comes for finding where your, where, your, where your spot is, where your assignment is, where your grace is. And a lot of Christians are living way below because of the, all, the, that, all that extra isn't for you it's for others and you're if you're not even in the lane of where you're supposed to be going he's not going to be sending it to you for nothing Are you enjoying this i don't know you should always be growing in the influence in the scope of ministry in the sphere where you're at remember the parent of the, the parable of the talents they used the five and went out went the five and got ten and, and one got two and they used the two and got four but but the whole the whole um, the whole standard by which the master gave was capacity they had the ability and and the guy only had five uh, a five-talent capacity to receive five two had a two two capacity and one had a one-point one talent capacity but the one with five and the two used it and he ended up with ten what happened to his capacity it grew Doubled with groups. And so God wants to increase your sphere of influence in your ministry. If you've been where you're at for five years and you've not been promoted, there's a problem. Are you faithful in your sphere? At your work, do you show up on time? You show up early. Do you work at your work? <laughs> what? you supposed to be to work at work? What strange doctrine is this? <laughs> Do you take your breaks and lunches a lot longer than they are? And they become three-course meals. You're supposed to get off at 4. At 3.30, you're packing up. Looking at the clock. When am I ready to go? You're not going to get promoted. And in the area that you're supposed to be in, be open and sensitive to a lane change. Because I don't know about you, but when I get really comfortable for an extended period of time, he likes to throw in a lane change. He says, okay, here's a new assignment. And you got to be sensitive. And so, well, Pastor, how, do I, how would I know I'm supposed to get a new assignment, a lane change? Um, try checking in with headquarters every once in a while. <laughs> every morning say, Lord, is there something new today that you have for me? <gasps> They're just mine. If you give them a chance to talk, oftentimes we, we go through our prayers and we ask him for all these things and ask him for wisdom and guidance and direction in Jesus' name, amen, and walk out the door. And the Lord's like, ah. <laughs> Verse 16. So their area would be enlarged to preach the gospel in regions beyond you and not to boast, that's that word again, brag, in another man's sphere of accomplishment. Paul had mentioned in the book of Romans he desired to preach the gospel in Spain. There's other areas that God put on his heart. Regions that had not been reached before and not boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. Look at verse 17. But he that glories, look at the word glories, it's the same Greek word as boast. Exact same Greek word. Brag. If you're going to brag, then let him brag in the Lord. Brag on the Lord. It's not wrong to be proud of your kids, but be proud of what God's done in them. God made them to be that. It's not all you. Look at my peerless parenting skills. No, it's God's grace your kids are turning out the way they are. It's who they made them with their giftings and their callings. Raise the child up in the way they should go, not the way you want them to go. But he that brags, let him brag in the Lord. What the Lord's done. The root of boasting is a desire for glory and self-glory and self-recognition. It was observed that the leadership of a chimpanzee community changed because of a dramatic bluff used by one of its lowliest members of the colony, Mike as he was affectionately known, learned to dominate his chimp establishment with the aid of some empty kerosene cans and a heavy steel box. Hooting loudly, he would bang the metal objects together as he pushed them all over the ground. This loud behavior frightened the apes so much that the leader surrendered his sovereignty to Mike. Unfortunately, similar situations happened in the church. Those that come in have the most activity And create the most noise, get the attention. That's the false teachers. What's the moral of the story? Don't be an ape. (laughs) Tell someone, don't be an ape. Don't brag about yourself to others. Humans love to boast. We are the planet of the apes. Let him boast in the Lord, brag on the Lord. Verse 18, for not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. If you come bragging and you come knocking doors open, trying to open doors for yourself, you're commending yourself. Let the Lord commend you. He that commends himself is approved. Look at the word approved. It means tested. It means approved after testing. You're going to be, if you're going to be used by God, he's, you're going to have to pass through some faith tests. So some faith tests. To where your character is shown. You can put any name on your can, but it not put that content in the can. What's inside you will come out through testing. Have you ever noticed that? When you get through a trial, what come, you'll be amazed what comes out of you. <gasps> that word came out of me, and I didn't know I that attitude came up, where did that come from? the fire, the test uh, uh, someone that brags is a phony what does that mean? the people that brag the most are the most insecure people and to substitute for their insecurity they will, they will try to, to put on a show to make up for it they're phonies a, a braggart is a phony, how do you spot phonies? Well, they're always boasting of their own accomplishments, printing it and spreading it around so you can see it. They don't let others speak for them. They talk about it themselves. You ever met someone, you meet with them, and all they, want to, all they do is talk about themselves? And then they talk to themselves about 30, 40 minutes, and they say, enough about me. You talk about me. <laughs> I'm talking about pulpit ministers They have this, a phony in the pulpit ministry. They're not concerned about reaching the unreached. They're concerned only with having a group of their own supporters they got from other areas, other other works. Building that to the highest number and paying no attention to the lost around them. They manipulate and try to get meetings. And try to set up various open doors instead of following those God opens for them. Do not, do not go where you're not invited. Early on in the ministry, before I even was teaching, the Lord said, I'm calling you to the ministry, but one thing, son, one thing, never, ever ask to teach, ever. Don't ever ask to minister anywhere. Let me open the door. And, and the very first time I got, I was invited into ministry, I was asked to do it. And then one got invited in the, next time, the next time, the next time, the next time, the next time. And I've just lived that way. I came to Karis Bible College and Lord said, just shut up, just serve in the phone center. Did that for a year. Then was in correspondence, just grading tests in a cubicle. And then Greg Moore calls me in the third year and, and basically offers me a job. I didn't even know I was, in, I was being interviewed for a job. And, and then he asked me for my resume. And so I gave him a resume and he, he saw all the stuff I had done. But even when I came on staff, he said, now, is there any, anything you would like to teach, or can you teach? And I said, well, I can look over the curriculum. And so I looked over the curriculum, and I found there wasn't a single, this is a Bible college, there wasn't a single course in our Bible college on how to study the Bible. Novel idea. It might be good to have a course on how to study the Bible. So I put it together, gave it to Greg. He said, hey, that's good. Well, let's start that as an elective in night school. So we just started in night school doing it as an elective, and then they said, well, let's, let's do that as an elective during day school. So we did an elective, and then, then all of a sudden they said, well, we want to make it a permanent elective, a mandatory elective, a course. He says, well, do you have anything else? And I, so I looked to Andrew's things he teaches, and one major book he didn't really teach on in the school was The Balance of Grace and Faith. He taught on it, but not a whole thing on it. And so I said, well, I've been to Raymond. and I know a little bit about grace, and, so I put the principles of grace and faith together and presented to Greg. And Greg said, well, let's start. I want you to start that as an elective. I did that as an elective. And then it became a course. And, and then, well, what about any other course? And so I put that together and that together. But it's always being invited into it. Turn to, Rome, turn to Revelation 4.1. We're almost done. Revelation 4.1, be invited into the things of God. After these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. A door what? Standing open. standing open. What does that mean? Invitation. Invitation. The first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me said, Come up here, and I will show you things that must take place after this. Open door, come up here. Invitation. John didn't intrude into an area he was not invited. In the things of God be invited. Boast in the things in the Lord not in you. Don't commend yourself, let the Lord commend you. And then lastly Genesis 12:2. Genesis 12:2. This is Abram, the Lord speaking to Abram. Just 12:2 says, "I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great." Who would make his name great? God would make his name great. Abraham wouldn't do it. I will make you name your great, and you shall be a blessing. First of all, he will bless you. He blesses you first with revelation. He blesses you with a message. He blesses you with an anointing. And then he says, go and do this, what I'm telling you to do. And then he causes your spirit to increase. He causes your influence to come. And then your name gets out there, but guess what? So that he can get greater blessing. I want you to see that. It's a blessing sandwich. I will bless you and your name will become great, but the whole reason he makes your name great is so that you can have greater influence so people get more people can get blessed. The higher you go in the kingdom of God is a greater opportunity to serve other people. Let the Lord commend you and promote you. Let's bow our heads. You'd say, Pastor, I'm in that category where I don't know what my lane is. I don't know what I'm called to. I don't know for sure why I'm on this planet. That troubles me. It should trouble you. I want to know what I'm here for. And if that's you, say, Lord, I'm really going to seek him and and ask, God, why am I here? What am I graced for? What am I gifted? What am I supposed to be doing? Every one of you have a design. Every one of you are here not, not on accident. You're here on purpose. God chose for you to be here. You say, Pastor, I want to know, I mean, I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me. I want to know what my lane is. I want to know where I'm supposed to be. Raise your hand. Father, I thank you for hands that are raised all over this room, Lord, that you would reveal to them why they're on the planet. You want them to know more than they want to know. And you don't make it hard. You drop it within their heart by their desires, their giftings, their passions. What makes them angry? It's within them. It's, it's not as hard as, you, as they made it. They don't need a prophecy and a vision and angels, but just checking their heart. Lord, I pray for open doors that they'll be faithful. Most of, many of them are already in the area, didn't even realize it. But Father, I thank you for releasing purpose in them, and grace in them. In Jesus' name, you can put your hand down. One other thing, say, you know what? I, I, I'm just not. There's, I'm, I'm just not satisfied. It's not anything external. I can't really put a finger on it on the outside and. But on the inside, I'm frustrated. On the inside, I just don't have peace. Like I'm out of place. I'm a fish on land. I just, I don't feel, I just, something's wrong. Something's on the inside. God's saying there's a change. You're in the, he wants to lead you to another place, to where you could swim, where you can fly. And you say, that's me, Pastor, and, and I, I'm ready for that change. I know it's here, and I'm open for it. And I'm ready to, to make the move on what God tells you me to do, maybe in your occupation, maybe in a ministry, it may be, but, but in many different areas, but say, that's me. Raise your hand high. Well, Father, I thank you for those that have their hands raised that they're just not settled on the inside. But Lord, I pray that you would show them the place you have for them, a place of grace. And it's going to take trust to move out of the comfort zone, in the natural, and move into an area but it's going to satisfy you. It's going to fulfill you like nef- nothing ever will. Being in the world, There's nothing like being in the will of God. Well, he may send me to some country. You know what the safest place on the planet is? Is the will of God. He may send you to the most dangerous country, they say, on the planet. Let me tell you, the safest place to be is in the center of God's will. Father, I thank you that they would find that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship God together. Would you sing with us, please? Stop, 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 stop. Timeout. Timeout. We have baptisms. Turn the lights back on. <laughs> Lane change. Praise God. All right. We have about, you can be seated. Why are not you? Join says, what about baptism? Yes, baptism is baptism. All right. Let's get a few verses here. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward thing that's taking place in your heart. And so baptism is for believers, for believers. We don't baptize babies because babies don't know enough to know they've sinned and need a Savior. They've not been born again. Now, we, we dedicate children to the Lord and pray that influence would lead them to salvation. But baptism is just an outward display of what's taken in your heart when you accepted Jesus. What happened when you accepted Jesus? That the old man, the old person you used to be, died with Christ, was buried with Christ, rose again with Christ. What is this an outward demonstration of? It's like a, it's like a theatrical play that shows in the natural what took place in the Spirit. Why do we put them under the water? Because they die, bury. What do you do with dead people? You bury them. You don't sprinkle a little dirt on them. There you go. Now, you bury them, submerge them, and then one, the biggest thing Greg Moore ever taught me about ministry is in baptism: bring it back up. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Yes, sir." <laughs> bring it back up. So you bring them. <laughs> you're raised to walk in newness of life, Hallelujah. and it's for those. And it's just an the first step of outward di- discipleship. Jesus said, "Follow. Come follow me." Preach the gospel to all creation and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so that's the first step of the discipleship. And you're proclaiming to everyone else, I'm a believer. You know, in some countries, you can say you're, you believe in Jesus, and they'll leave you alone. But when you're baptized, they'll kill you because you mean it. You took it public. The devil doesn't really care what you say about your faith. as long, But if you just take it public, he doesn't like it. All right, so we're, we're going to have some baptisms today. And so when they come up, I'm going to ask them. uh, We're going to read off their name. And then I'm going to ask them if they have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And upon that profession, I'm going to baptize them in the name of Jesus into the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to bring them back up. Amen. Okay. First candidate. This is Nathan Russell. Nathan Russell. Nathan, stand there for a second. I want to ask you a question. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you believe that He's the Son of God? He died on the cross for your sins? That He rose again from the dead? And He's your Savior? All right, enter the waters of baptism. We did warm them up. The first year we did this, it was, they will remember their baptism. Right. All right, so what I want you to do is put this over your nose and then hold your hand. All right. In the name of Jesus Christ, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Dead to the old man, raised to walk in newness of life. careful right. next candidate for baptism we have Chris Revis Chris do you believe Jesus Christ is the son of God do you believe he died on the cross for your sins do you believe he rose again from the dead if you've accepted Him as Lord and Savior, all right, enter the waters of baptism. You can sit down on the stool. Put your hand over your nose. Grab your hand. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the authority of Jesus, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yay! Dead to the old man, raised to walk in newness of life. Next candidate. All right. We have uh, Manny. Annie, do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? I do. Do you believe He died on the cross for your sins? Yes, He did. Do you believe He, died, he rose again from the dead? Yes. He and he's your Lord and Savior. Yes, my Amen. Enter the waters of baptism. Yes. Pat is a mentor, and he would like to help to so go on the other side. Okay. He's sit down. There you go. Put your hand over your nose. Grab your arm the authority of Jesus Christ and now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yay! Dead to the old man, raised to walk in newness of life. Thank you, Pat. We don't have to try to rise up from the place of brokenness or despair that we feel or find ourselves in his spirit will lift us up amen we just have to look to his spirit and trust in him today God I don't have to try to pick myself up my broken self up today but you you have resurrected me through your spirit it's your strength it's your might it's your power amen let's look to him today Let's look to His Spirit. Let's look to that. Someone, the Lord has called you to a pulpit ministry to teach and to preach, and you've been struggling with. Is that Lord? I don't want to call myself. If that, the Lord's saying yes, that's me. I've called you into that. Is anybody in this room? Raise your hand high. Yes, I thought you. Could, will you come up here, sir? Come up here. You're not gonna hide from the Lord. The Lord says, I've called you and I've anointed you, but you must accept the call. When you accept the call, the door's open. Can I have someone stand behind them? I sure, somebody? Okay. Receive receive. You're anointed for this. You are called to it. Hallelujah. I'll be faithful to you, says the Lord. I'll open the doors. You don't open them. I'll open them. I'll give you the message. And I've deposited my grace and gifts to do it. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for this man. We're accepting the call. Accepting the ministry. It's been dormant for a, for a while, but you're ready to accept it now. I thank you, Father. He receives. In Jesus' name. Thank you for the opening the doors for him. Amen.